Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Inside the Criminal Mind Podcast, where we analyze some of the most notorious criminal cases with psychology and criminology combined. Here's your host, Dr. Carlos. Welcome, everybody. Today we're going to be talking about the Vampire of Dusseldorf. Before we get started, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, make sure to hit that share and subscribe button. And also, uh, check out our other podcast, The Circle of Inside Productions. So today we're going to be talking about the Vampire of Dusseldorf, sometimes also known as the Dusseldorf Monster. He committed a series of murders and sexual assaults between February and November of 1929 in the city of Dusseldorf. In the years before these assaults and murders, Pete Curtin, K-U-R-T-E-N, had amassed a lengthy criminal record for offenses including arson and attempted murder. He also confessed to, in 1913, which he was about 30 years old, murders of a 9-year-old girl and a 17-year-old girl. Well, as usual, let's find out a little bit of the history. Now, he's going way back into the 1800s, so it's a little harder. But he was born into a poverty-stricken, abusive family, so that kind of solves that issue. And he was the third of 13 children, two of whom had died at an early age. Curtin's parents were both alcoholics who lived in a one-bedroom apartment. And he was the third of 13 children, folks. And you have alcoholic parents who are already living in poverty. So you can see here he's probably going to have neglect, which is a big common variable among serial killers and psychopaths, and neglect, child abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. We don't know that yet. We'll find out if he has that. Uh, Curtin's father frequently beat his wife, so now he's exposed to domestic violence, which also causes trauma to that individual. It could cause neurodevelopmental issues in the prefrontal cortex of that child's brain. It could cause issues in security and trust for that individual. Uh, when his father was intoxicated, Curtin's father often forced his wife and children to assemble in one room before ordering his wife to strip naked and engage in intercourse with him as his children watched. Again, we've talked about this with other serial killers where the parents or the mom, for some reason, and boyfriends or people who come over, expose the children to the sexual activity. This is a really disgusting, obviously, uh, behavior, but it's extremely traumatizing to the child. And here, they're obviously trying to inflict pain to this individual, and a lot of times they can't get gratification themselves, speaking of the parents in this case, without this. So it probably happened to them as well. Uh, Peter was jailed. Uh, actually, not jailed. his father was jailed for 15 months. In 1894, this is when Peter was about 11, for committing incest with his eldest daughter, who was age 13. So his dad now had sex with his sister. Shortly thereafter, Curtin's mother obtained a separation order and later remarried and relocated to Dusseldorf. Peter, at the age of five, attempted to drown one of his playmates. Four years later, he befriended a local dog catcher who lived in the same building and began accompanying him on his rounds. This individual, though, often tortured and killed the animals he caught, and Curtin's, Curtin soon became an active and willing participant in torturing the animals. So here you have both cases again. Animal torture, really common among psychopaths and serial killers. Um... 
You also see here we try to uh, drown an individual. So more than likely, Peter had sexual abuse against him, physical abuse, neglect. All these factors were probably involved here. Being the eldest surviving son, Curtin was the target of much of his father's physical abuse, as I was just mentioning. Although he was a good student, he later recollected his academic performance suffered due to his extensive physical violence that he endured from his dad. From an early age, Curtin often ran away from home for periods of time ranging from days to weeks. Much of the time he spent with petty criminals and social misfits, and now you can see he probably has conduct disorder developing, which is a precursor for antisocial personality disorder or psychopathy. Curtin later committed to have committed, later claimed to have committed his first murders at the age of nine when he pushed a school friend who he knew was unable to swim off a log raft. Um, both, uh, there was two different deaths. One of them, he held a boy's head underwater um, at the age of 10. Uh, both deaths were ruled by authorities as being accidental. As an adolescent around 13, Curtin formed a relationship with a girl his age who, although happy to allow Curtin to undress and fondle her, would resist any attempts to make, to have intercourse. To relieve his sexual urges, though, Curtin resorted to acts of bestiality with sheep and pigs. So you can see here's another really uh, distorted personality at a very young age, unfortunately. But later he claimed his greatest sense of elation if he actually stabbed these animals just before achieving his orgasm. So again, you can look at these animals as being surrogates of his parents. He really obviously was traumatized by having to watch his mom and dad have sex in front of them. And uh, this was one way of killing that image. He was superimposed. You can kind of say, this is all speculation on my part, but you can superimpose those parents and just not necessarily killing the parents, but killing that image of the parent and killing that image of the of the uh, pig. Um, so then after a while, he began stabbing and slashing animals with increased frequency to achieve orgasms. He also attempted to rape the, to rape the same sister his father had earlier molested. His first attempted murder, uh, we talked about earlier, was when he was younger, but in his 1930 confessions to investigators, claimed Curtin, Peter Curtin claimed to have picked up an 18-year-old and persuaded her to accompany him to the Hofgarten, where he claimed to have engaged in sex with a girl before strangling her to death with his bare hands. No contemporary records exist to corroborate that claim. However, the first conviction, though, Curtin was arrested for fraud. He would be rearrested later, he was about 18 years old at the time, on the same charge. But then on the second time, uh, charges pertain to the, his 1899 Dusseldorf thefts, plus the attempted murder of a girl with a firearm were added to the indictment. Released in the summer of 1904, Curtin was drafted into the German army, where he was deployed to a last Alsatian city of Metz to serve in the 98th Infantry. Then he became part, then he started committing acts of arson, so now we have a pyromaniac. He almost got the homicidal triad here. I don't know about the bedwetting, they never mentioned it. His first murder that he was uh, he committed that we know of was in 1913 when he was about 30. During the course of a burglary at a tavern in the town of Rhine, he encountered a nine-year-old girl named Christine asleep in her bed. He strangled the child and slashed her twice across the throat and then had an orgasm. Uh, two months later, again in the course of committing a burglary with the aid of a skeleton key, uh, Curtin broke into a home in Dusseldorf, discovering a 17-year-old girl again, strangled the girl and having an orgasm at the sight of blood. Curtin managed to escape from the scene of both this murder and that of Klein undetected. Just days after the murder of Gertrude Franken on 14 July, Curtin was arrested for a series of arson attacks and burglaries. He was sentenced to six years in prison. He was released in April of 1921. At this point, he was about 38. He relocated to a different city where he initially lived with his sister. Through his sister, he became acquainted with a woman three years his senior. 
a sweet shop proprietor, and a former prostitute who had previously been convicted of shooting her fiancé to death. Curtin initially posed as a former prisoner of war. Two years later, Curtin and this woman married, and although the couple regularly engaged in sex, Curtin later admitted he could consummate his marriage only by fantasizing about committing violence against somebody else. So he compartmentalized these individuals. He separated her from everybody else in a bizarre manner. And that after their wedding night, he engaged in intercourse with his wife only at her invitation. For the first time in his life, Curtin obtained regular employment, also becoming active trades becoming an active trades union official. Although, with the exception of his wife, he formed no close friendships. In 1925, he returned with his wife to Dusseldorf, where he soon began affairs with a servant girl named Taid and a household maid. When his wife discovered it, claiming he had... Uh, Taid reported Curtin to police. I'm sorry, when his wife discovered his infidelity, his infidelity, the servant girl reported Curtin to police, claiming he had seduced her. The other, the housemaid, alleged Curtin had raped her. The more serious charge was later dropped. Although... The uh, servant girl allegations were pursued, thus earning him an eight-month prison sentence for seduction and threatening behavior. Curtin served six months of the sentence with his early release being upon condition. In 1929, when Curtin was about 46, he stalked an elderly woman named Apollonia Kuhn. Waiting until Kuhn was shielded from the view of potential witnesses, Curtin pounced upon her, grabbing her lapels of, the coat, of her coat and shouting the words, No row, don't scream. No row meaning no, no confrontation, no fighting before dragging her into a nearby undergrowth and then stabbed her to death as well. Next, on February 8th, which is a few days later, he strangled a nine-year-old girl, so he goes back to this age group, and I'm really curious to see if his sister had been molested during that time frame, because it seems to be an age that he continues to go after. On February 13th, he murdered a 45-year-old mechanic named Rudolph in the suburbs, stabbing him 20 times, particularly in the head. Following the discovery of Shear's body... This is the man, the mechanic. Curtin returned to the scene of the murder to converse with police, falsely informing one detective he had heard about the murder via telephone. Now, this is where he kind of strays away for the first time and doesn't actually even have sex with him. Um, despite the differences in age and sex of these three victims, the fact that all three crimes had been committed and the district of Dulfordorf, that each victim had received a multitude of stab wounds likely inflicted in rapid succession. At least one wound to the temple made a criminologist or the law enforcement curious and knew that they had now a serial killer on their hands. Although Curtin did attempt to strangle four women between March and July of 1929, one of them he claimed to have thrown into the Rhine River, he is not known to have killed any further victims until August 11th when he raped, strangled, and stabbed a woman named Maria Hahn. After several hours in Hahn's company, Curtin lured her into a meadow in order that he could kill her. Approximately one, after Curtin, one hour after Curtin had begun attacking this woman, Han, fearful his wife might connect the bloodstains she had known in his clothes, Curtin later buried her body in a cornfield, only to return to her body several weeks later with the intention of nailing her decomposing remains to a tree. Three weeks after, three months after Curtin had murdered Maria Hahn, he posted an anonymous letter to the police in which he confessed to her murder, adding that her remains had been buried in a field. In this letter, Curtin also drew a crude map describing the location of her remains. Curtin eventually was not at home. I mean, although Curtin was not at home when Budlick and Chief Inspector Janot searched his property, he spotted the pair in the communal hallway and promptly left, knowing that his identity was now known to the police. This was during an investigation and people starting to put things together. 
and connecting him to the crimes committed by the vampire of Dusseldorf, as the media would claim. He was claimed uh, after the late summer of 1929, the murders committed by the individual the press had dubbed the vampire of Dusseldorf was receiving considerable national and international attention because of the sheer savagery of the murders. So now he knew something was up. And knowing that his identity was now known to the police and suspecting they may also have connected him to the crimes committed by the vampire of Dusseldorf, Curtin confessed to his wife that he had raped uh, Budlick and that because of his previous convictions he may receive 15 years of labor. With his wife's consent, he found lodgings in the district of Dusseldorf and did not return to his home until May 23rd. Upon returning home, Curtin confessed to his wife he was the vampire of Dusseldorf. With Curtin's full consent, he urged his wife to collect a substantial reward offered for his capture. Curtin contacted the police the following day, and the information provided to detectives, Curtin's wife explained that although she had known her husband had been repeatedly imprisoned in the past, she was unaware of his culpability in any murders. She then added that her husband had confessed to her his culpability in the Dusseldorf murders. Furthermore, he was to meet her outside a certain church later that day. That afternoon, Curtin was arrested at gunpoint. Curtin freely admitted his guilt in all the crimes. And police had tribute to the vampire of Dusseldorf and further confessed he had committed the unsolved murders of Christine Klein and Gertrude Franken. As Curtin awaited his trial, then later as he awaited his execution, he was extensively interviewed by Dr. Carl Berg. He stated to Berg that his primary motive in committing any form of criminal activity is one of sexual pleasure, and that he had begun to associate sexual excitement with violent acts in sight of blood particularly when he had been isolated from human contact. The majority of his assaults and murders had been committed when his wife had been working evenings, and the number of stab or bludgeoning wounds inflicted upon each victim depended on the length of time it had taken him to, reach, to achieve an orgasm. Furthermore, the actual sight of his victim's blood had been integral to his sexual stimulation. He also confessed that many of his later strangulation victims had only survived his attacks because he had achieved an orgasm in the early throes of the assault. He contradicted the claims that uh, Dr. Berg and legal examiners made that uh, all his criminal activities were both to strike back at an oppressive society for what he considered the injustice of his being repeatedly incarcerated as a form of re revenge for the neglect and abuse he has endured as a child. Now that latter one I agree with, I think that's what he pretty much was doing, is for the revenge and the neglect and abuse he had endured as a child. And his, Again, he was replacing these individuals as proxies for his parents. These desires had fermented in his mind throughout the long periods he had been confined, and Curtin explained that he deliberately broke minor prison rules as a means of guaranteeing that he would be sentenced to solitary confinement in order that he could indulge in these psychosexual fantasies. On July 31st, on July 1st of, of 1931, July 1st of 1931, Curtin received his last meal. He ordered a Wiener Schnitzel, a bottle of white wine, fried potatoes, and Curtin devoured the entire meal before he was beheaded by the guillotine in the grounds of Cologne. Well, there you go, folks. The story of the vampire of Dusseldorf. Definitely, more than likely, a psychotic... Um, I would have to lean towards a psychopath, maybe even a sociopath in this case. The issue is, is he kept a marriage for many years, and that complicates this. Um, it can't happen with psychopaths. The violence that he... Exp um, exhibited towards his victims is more reflective of a sociopath. But look, these definitions are pliable and they can change. So 
it's kind of hard to pinpoint one or the other, but you can see definitely personality traits from both. Thanks for listening, everyone. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.